Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Hoopod. My name is Blair Beveridge, and thank you for once again tuning in. On this week's show, we have Steve Dugan, a.k.a. The Duganator. Now, on this podcast, Joey and I talked to Steven about Firefly, a little bit of Dungeons & Dragons, some Green Lantern. Of course, my favorite subject of all time comes up, a Star Wars. Love it when that gets to happen. This is a great podcast, and I hope you guys enjoy listening to it. Now, on last week's show, I mentioned in the intro that I will be willing to do some promotional work for anyone who would like me to get it out there. And a couple of people contacted me wanting to do that. First of all, a friend of mine, dear friend of mine, actually, uh, is on a podcast called The Crew Roundtable. And this is a podcast that it's very new. It's only 13 episodes in at this point. They talk a little bit about the politics of Toronto uh, and just some subjects, really. Just a bunch of guys that grew up together shooting the shit about whatever they want to talk about. Uh, check them out on the Twitters, at Crew Roundtable, or on Facebook. Again, Crew Roundtable. Give them a listen. If you don't like it, I understand. It's very kind of centric to the Toronto area, but uh, not all the topics are that way. And trust me when I can say when I say Big V is just the most genuine human being I know. He's the most stand-up guy I know, and he shoots from the hip. He doesn't hold anything back. Next, J.P. Rakath, uh, a friend of not just mine, but of the podcast. He's almost all of the graphical work for WhoPod, and I always like uh, promoting J.P. when I have the opportunity, and he let me know that he has a Buffy and X-File crossover webcomic that he'd like you guys to see. Now, I know about this webcomic because I'm actually in one of them. It's pretty cool. I took some pictures. He kind of animated me in. It's really quite awesome. But for anyone who hasn't checked this out and is a big fan of Buffy and or the X-Files, you can find this at buffyxfiles.tumblr.com. That's buffyxfiles.tumblr.com. JP is one of the coolest guys that I know on the internet. This is a really fun webcomic. I really enjoy it. You got Mulder, you got Scully, you got the Vampire Slayer. It's a beautiful thing. All right, guys, so let's dive into this episode. Episode, there's a new word. Let's dive into this episode, shall we? Hoopod number 33 with our guest, Stephen Dugan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Hoopod. On this week's show, we have ourselves a new friend, a new friend by the name of Stephen, Stephen Dugan, to be exact, the Duganator, if, if I get that right. Is that right, Steve? That's right. All right, so, uh, Steve, let's let's start really simple here. How did you find Team Human? Uh, kind of have to blame this one on Wheaton. Um about 2013, I was uh, kicking around on Facebook, and a buddy of mine had posted a uh, link to a YouTube video that was Will Wheaton at a con, I think it was Denver Con 2013, mm-hmm. talking to a, uh, a young woman who asked him about uh, dealing with bullies growing up, and yeah, he talked about how... yeah different people love different things and how it was okay to like nerdy things and that really struck me you know so i watched the video a few times and under the uh, suggested video section was uh the water deep episode of tabletop 
Mm-hmm. Watched that. Immediately fell in love with the series. Watched the entirety of Tabletop. Yeah, seasons one, two, three. Yeah, beginning to end, etc. And uh, ended up watching um, Felicia and Ryan playing on their uh, personal tw- uh, Twitch streams. Um, mm-hmm. Joined GNS right at the beginning and been a human ever since. All right, we're also joined here by my lovely co-host Joey Couture, who uh, I think has. Uh, well, I mean, you guys should all know, but uh, Joey, what what happened in Felicia's world today? She had a baby, <laughs> and as it turns out, if if you read closely, she posted in a tweet about Trump. She said. She went into the hospital, was it last week, to have the baby? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. did she have... See, now I'm wondering if she had the baby last week, or if she had it today. It's a good question, and probably something we will never know the answer to, which is fair. But, it was also a pleasant surprise, because uh, during Vaginal Fantasy, she said... When everybody was freaking out, because she announced it like literally the same day of the episode... Um, that she was not going to let anybody know the name of the baby. But she told people the name anyway, and she showed a picture of the little baby feet. And oh my god, it was adorable. <laughs> so yes, have it was. Little, we have little Calliope Maeve. Um, so there there we go. There, There's our, our, our I guess, our next uh, next person to christen upon the, the, uh, the, the annals of the day family. So... Um, that's awesome. It's pretty cool. So for anyone who gets the honor of meeting Calliope and, 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 you know, is very close with, with, uh, Felicia and, and, you know, congratulations to all you guys that are involved in that world. That's great. So Steve. Yes. So, so Will Wheaton drew you in. Will Wheaton. Yeah. Uh, like that's the thing. I, I've been a nerd for ever. Pretty much as long as I can remember. And that's kind of my dad's fault. My dad got me into sort of sci-fi fiction stuff uh, pretty young. Um, I remember there were a couple of times I was home sick from school and uh, he happened to have time off from work. So, yeah, I'm lying there with a 102 degree fever and he decides to put on the original Star Wars. So... I think it was probably a little funnier because I had, you know, fever delirium, but... Yeah, you end up getting hooked on a few things, and ever since I've been nerdy, nerdy, nerdy. I was a huge Next Generation fan. I I am one of the rare Star Trek fans that really doesn't like the originals. Yeah, I I you know I pay I I've watched them. I've I've paid them their respect, but I don't understand how they were a cult favorite. Like you know, I mean. In a lot of ways, they have a very similar vibe. Well, not vibe, but a very similar run to Firefly, where they only, were like just a very short run, um, very unpopular during their run for some reason, but a cult favorite afterwards. Well, that's the thing. I think that where those two diverge is Firefly had a main character that is kind of universally loved. Not everybody loves Kirk, or at the very least, not everybody loves Shatner doing Kirk because for the love of God, man, how can you enjoy that? Yeah, I don't someone know. needed to slap him. 
repeatedly. It's Canadian too, man. It's one of those things I'm like, dude, how was how did you become famous from that? I think it just became a cult following because it became the perfect drinking game fodder. <laughs> I, like, you watch every single episode, you're like, I can go up with like 20 different games right now in 10 minutes of just one episode. Well, yeah. And, and, and let's be honest, I mean, the original Star Trek did break some barriers. It was the first interracial kiss on television. It was um, the precursor to, I mean, Next Generation meant so much to me because it gave me such a positive outlook on what we as a human race could become. And and, and it, like all this technology that they were, you know, just kind of having, you know, we, we, we basically made it real. Like iPads. Everyone was carrying around a tablet. Cell phones. All this, cell phones. Like the, the flip phone in particular. These were basically concepts that were made up by some sci-fi geek. And all of a sudden we're like, no, that's actually cool. Let's make that a real thing. And yeah. it happened. I mean, all the stuff from Back to the Future, the hoverboard in some variety does exist. The self-lacing shoes now exist. These are these are things that have created from just the minds of, of movie creators. Yeah, the flying DeLorean. Well, we're working on that one. Yeah, we're, uh, well, with, I mean, flying cars are a real deal. There yeah. was actually, about five years ago, I remember this, there was a Canadian who um, said he could mass produce a flying car that flew six feet off the ground for about 50,000 of our dollars a year, which is like, you know, 225 American. Um, but the problem is, is A, they'll never let him do it. And especially like there's people like me that are six feet tall. I mean, you're going to fly above me? No, you're going to hit me in the head with your car. <laughs> so, um, I mean, a flying car will, I'd like to say that they'll become a reality in my lifetime, but I, I don't know. I don't know if that if we're going to move that fast. It's going to depend on necessity. If we get to the point where we have flooded the entire world because, God forbid, we do anything about global warming, then yes, the flying car will become a necessity. Because at that point, we're living on stilt houses. Well, just so you know, global warming is, is, is still something that um, exists in my country. It may not in yours now, but yeah, um, but exists up here. Yeah, <laughs> in my country, it's kind of becoming a little bit like the Yeti. Although, wait, I got a cousin that looks like that, so maybe not quite that implausible. <laughs> but, you know, you mentioned Firefly. You know, God, talk about a totally mismanaged show. Ugh. I mean, Whedon, uh, Joss Whedon is a fantastic writer. It was a great series. It had a great cast. But for the love of God, who decided to put it up against such well-established shows for its time slot who decided that oh we're not actually going to air the shows in the proper sequence so that second point's the one i don't understand the most i mean you don't even give it a real shot that way i mean most of the greatest shows that have ever existed that first show was bad you know i mean and it's not that the first episode of firefly is bad it's just it, if you're going to throw a blanket on something not the, the first couple of shows of, of most things don't grab people and you know and that's the thing the very first episode grabs you i mean to start with you know you've got three people in space stealing from a wreck and then you know move to introducing all these really cool characters and oh by the way here's a girl in a suitcase who you know is covered in tattoos oh yeah. sorry yeah sorry sorry <laughs> Wrong show, but I guarantee show, there wrong. was some sort of inspiration to that. I guarantee that whoever wrote that sequence is a Firefly fan. 
You know, I, I've, I didn't watch Firefly until probably about four or five years ago. And so I got to see it aired in its proper order, in its perfect flow. And it took me about three episodes before I loved every member of that cast. Like, yeah. I, I knew Fillion from other things, but, like, I, this is the best thing I've ever seen him do. Um, mm. And, you know, Tujic, I mean, he's, he's obviously becoming a bigger name now, but... You know, that, it was great as Wash. Absolutely great. Gina Torres was great. Um, I mean, Summer Summer Tam and... and you mean and, uh, Summer Glau? Summer Glau, sorry, Tam. That's her name. Last yeah, name in there. River Tam, Summer Glau. River Tam, yeah. Cross there. Anyway, like, they were all so unique and so good. And, and uh, Morena, I can never pronounce her last name like... Uh, I know, and every time I try to, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Baccarin? Joey, do you know this? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the girl, the girlfriend from Deadpool, Marina. Like, I, I, sorry, guys. Yeah, um, and of anyway, course, Jewel State. Jewel, oh, everybody's favorite character, Kaylee. Yeah, uh, well, not I'm everybody. sorry, Kaylee is that awesome. Well, I mean, with Kaylee, I think like this is just straight out. Yep, that's the guy crush girl. That's the one that all the guys are going to be like. Does she exist? <laughs> is there really well, a Kaylee somewhere? It's a combination of her and. Marina, uh, I'm going to try this. Anara. Uh, yeah. Marina's character. Um, oh, geez. Why can I not remember this? Anara. Uh, Anara. Uh, Anara, thank you. Anara, Sarah. You know, Anara and Kaylee were the approachable ones, whereas yeah. Gina Torres's character, yeah. um, Zoe, was meant to be that, you know, no, I'm the one in charge. So, no, you was... know, not a lot of guys felt, you know, that kind of like, oh... I'm gonna. Nope. Yeah, I mean, I, I like me a strong woman too. Like, I mean, I've always been drawn to strong women, um, and and I don't think either Kaylee or Anara were weak in any capacity. They were both very strong women. They were just they were just a little more, a little more approachable. More approachable, yeah. A little less. Which, yeah, as someone who's then watched them, yeah, in various other uh, various other works they've worked on, yeah, mm-hmm. Gina Torres has that skill where she can play that strong woman and you know as long as she keeps you know using that club she's gonna keep knocking it out of the park mm-hmm. well, i guess that's why you watched suits <laughs> this is true yep um suits is it's 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 ironic suits is a show i've I, i've watched the first episode really enjoyed it and haven't seen anything since and it's not due to a lack of interest it is due to a lack of time but they, I walk through the filming of Suits all the time. It, filled, it films in the neighborhood where I used to work. Hmm. So I'd be like, oh, 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 shit. Okay. I, I've only ever seen, like, I saw Gina Torres once, and that was it. And I don't, I, is she still on the show? I'm not even sure if she's still uh, on the show. Her character just left at the end of last season. So this yeah, current that's, season's that's picking up with the fallout of her character leaving. But, of course, you've also got Gabriel mocked in that, who the spirit was an awesome movie because of him. Mm. Yeah, the same. Sorry. Well, it was. It was one of those movies that I don't think a lot of people went to see. I don't think a lot of people, you know, gave two thoughts about. But the way he played sort of that hard-boiled detective, but with some comic book tilt to it, was very well done. For anyone who cares to know these things, another uh, TV show, famous TV show that films in the exact same area that Suits films is 
Orphan Black. Um, I actually did run into Tatiana Maslati. Oh, you son of a bitch. But I didn't know who she was at the time. <laughs> I just like, there, there's a very, you know, there's a hotel which, you know, is one of the clones' homes. And um, we're walking by and then she was sitting out front. There's like three or four of us and, and you know, very pretty young lady. And uh, she had the blonde wig and all that on. And she's covered by like four bodyguards. And they always have really expensive cars out front this place. And, and we walk by her and I'm like, you know, guys, I know that that girl is, is pretty important and pretty famous, but I have no idea who she is. And they all were like, <laughs> we don't know either. Fast forward about a year and I went, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and, it's funny, and I actually for those met who... a celebrity once working one of my old jobs. Mm. Yeah. I mean, um, like I... Go ahead. Yeah, like I don't know if you've ever seen... Uh, it was this TV show. It used to be on. Uh, it's called Las Vegas. It was um, yes. Um, what's his face was in it? Uh, the one that Fergie married. Yeah, uh, Josh Duhamel before Dude, he Demel, got yep. big and famous, and uh, James Caan was in it. Well, yep. I don't know if you remember this character, Mitch. Mitch was a salt and pepper haired gentleman who uh, worked security. He was in a uh, wheelchair, and mm. I used to work for Starbucks, better known mm-hmm. as the Devil. Well, maybe less so after this week, but we'll get back to that. Um, well, I, I guess Starbucks there. isn't going to be a sponsor of this podcast anytime soon. Well, <laughs> Go on. <laughs> there, there's a reason for why I feel that way. Yeah, I'll get to that at yes, another point. But, yeah, I, I, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm working, and all of a sudden this guy rolls in, and I had just watched like a few episodes before I came in that day, and I'm looking at this guy, and I'm looking at this guy, and I'm like, no, it can't be. Nah, come on. So, guy orders his stuff, and I'm one of only two people on the floor, and my coworker's off helping someone else, so I go from taking his order to making his drink, make his drink, and I look at him, I'm like, I'm sorry, I hate to do this, but are you... And I, you know, say his character's name, and he's like, yeah, that's me. And I ended up chatting with him for like 10, 15 minutes. Nicest guy. And he came in a few more times. And every time, you know, he would greet me by name. Honestly, one of the nicest guys. Well, that's really cool. Joey, you have a story about marrying famous people, right? Uh, I, I do. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fishing here. Do you have a story about meeting anyone famous? I, I, I met Felicia Day at her first round of book signings that was about it <laughs> that's all i can really say about meeting anybody famous you know i i used to work at an amusement park and i was in management there so whenever we'd have a vip they would technically show up and you know a lot of them were sports celebrities and i've run into a few sports celebrities elsewhere which again you know you unless you're into sports you wouldn't know who they are true um I, I ran into a politician, one of our famous politicians, which I was like, eh, all right, great, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I haven't run into too many beyond sports famous people. And there was like one of the sports guys knew I recognized him. And I was like, you know what, I'm not going to bug him. But he came over to me and started chatting me up. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I mean, I met Coolio through work, which that was an interesting thing. <laughs> <laughs> I would say so. I, I, when I don't, you pro, you guys have these, these kind of rides at the States, but they, 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 the one we have is called Extreme Sky Flyer. It's a sky coaster. 
they kind of put you in a um they put you in hang- a harness it winches you back up to a you pole it. you pull a ripcord and it f- sends you flying down you got it so i i used to run that ride up here in canada and uh, Coolio wanted to ride it with uh, his, I think it was like four kids and their five baby mamas or whatever it was. The numbers did, the math worked, trust me on this. But yeah. So like, but he wanted to fly every single flight. So he basically went up, we, we ran it for about two hours after the park closed for him specifically um, so that he could ride with each of his kids and each of his baby mamas who he all travels with at the same time. So that, that was interesting. That was fun. He's like, yeah, I ride this. I love this ride. I do it all the time. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, met Weird Al doing the same sort of thing. Uh, Weird Al. <laughs> God, that's got to unfor- be fun. That, that was fun, except I, I think he was in a kind of a bad mood. Um, you know, we, I, I was, you know I'd, I'd hooked him up, and we're about to, to bring him to the top. I'm like, do you want me to do anything funny or funky or anything kind of on brand for you? And he just goes like, no, just, just do your job. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right we're good so yeah he was i think he just wasn't in a very happy mood or perhaps it's he just got tired of being the his character for the day and he you know just wanted to be him and chill and whatnot so you know actually blair now that i think about it i've actually talked to a bunch of famous people i, I figured you would have you know i mean there's this there's this famous person she goes by the name of Tyrolyn. And we've talked, and I've talked to this other person named Jessica Marazon, and yeah. another one named, you know, Emily, and mm-hmm. you know, Andy, mm-hmm. and I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Ryan Day. I mean, he's this really funny schmuck on Twitch. You know, he has this really cool <laughs> sister and stuff. And then there's this just like, chicken pot pie loving voice actors by the name of Erica. I mean, mm-hmm. I've talked to so mm-hmm. many famous people. I was wondering when you're gonna talk about that. <laughs> no, that no, that's good. That's I I absolutely agree. Like a lot of my world, a lot of the people that I truly admire these days is in the web space, and and specifically the, the those that like to promote positivity because not only to me are they entertaining, but they're the kind of people I want to be. You know, so you know the Amy Dallins, the Erica Ishis, the Felicia Days, the Ryan Days. These are the type of people I truly admire. And I will give them all the views and being able to, you know, con- you know, converse with them on this show and, and elsewhere is, is just an absolute privilege and, and pleasure. So. And you know, what, you know what else, what it is, I'm going to add on to this. You want to know what it is, I think, that is so appealing about people from a web content point of view is the fact that they started and have continued to create from within their own mindset and they're not hindered down and held back by bureaucratic bullshit that so much of Hollywood loves to be like, oh no, you can't do that, it's going to ruin your career. Like, seriously? Talking to your fans directly while playing a video game is going to hurt my career? I don't think so. See, I I thought you were going to go with they still remember what it's like to be broke like the rest of us. Well, I I think they do, but I think it's more along the lines they want to do art that matters to them. And the, the thing that stops you from doing that in the web space is the need to focus your time and energy on things that are going to help pay your bills. You know, I mean, it, it's wonderful to see, um, like, the vloggers are a great example of, of this sort of thing. When the vloggers kind of rammed the Geek and Sundry 
talent pool. I absolutely loved most of them. They're still I kept I keep in touch with a few of them. They're still some of the coolest people I have ever met. But unfortunately, the vloggers were not making Geek and Sundry a lot of money. They were incredibly sweet, nice people that we all loved. But from a business standpoint, I mean, there's only so far that can go. And they switched to the Twitch medium, and that did generate a lot more revenue. So um, at times, you have to make decisions for financial reasons, even though it kind of, you, you kind of die a little inside. And I'm not saying switching to Twitch made you know, people die a little inside, but just in general, I, I, you know, people got to pay their bills. Like I listened to Hardwick on his uh, Nerdist podcast where you know, he's doing The Wall now for NBC and he's doing it at midnight, but he still loves to do that podcast because that is what matters the most to him. That is what's most precious to him. He does all those other things so that he doesn't have to worry about that, those financial questions. Well, and, yeah, because, you know, the nurse podcast, that's his baby. That's like his firstborn and, child. <laughs> and that is, to me, that is the podcast. That is the one that sets the bar. That's the one, if if you're an aspiring podcaster, either you, you have to listen to how Chris has evolved that thing. It's it's incredible. It's it's like when it's the when people had the kind of vlog style camera, it was it, it oh my god, I can't remember. The Vlog Brothers. Um, those guys kind of revolutionized that format. And if you look at the early Vlog Brother videos, they're not that good, but they learned and they built their brand. Perhaps they had the ability to do this when nobody really understood what YouTube was and that and that helped them. But I mean, that's what you kind of got to do. You got to build it. You got to build from the bottom up, and you got to love it. You really have to love it. Yeah, because what I think uh, Chris Hardwick has really defined as the ultimate podcast is it's this perfect blend of morning show radio, where you have like your group of morning show hosts that just get the day started and the ball rolling, and everybody loves to listen to them. Plus, like all of the the good, positive, informative stuff of NPR, and when you combine the two together, that that's what the Nerdist podcast comes out to be with Chris Hardwick. He combines the two of those perfectly, and that's what that's what you get for quality, and that's what I like to always strive for. I mean, he's got this thing called the Community Court Board, which you basically, as an individual, if you have anything you want to say, you write into them, and, and they'll talk about it. You know, he likes to keep it pretty... Um, grassroots at you know he, he's got like I I listened to him do an interview with with you know Mark Hamill who's arguably one of the biggest names in the world right now oh absolutely and then he's talking at the beginning about some guy who's just trying to get some listeners to his podcast you know he has he understands where he came from even though he's got the you know he he's got the gold in the pocket if you will but he he knows he remembers where he came from and I always get that sense from Chris, and that's he's genuine to me, and that's why I love listening to that podcast. And you know, when we're doing this, the one thing I, I always try to tell myself is, you gotta be genuine. You may sound stupid at times, but you gotta be genuine. You know, Joey does that, and Tierlin does that too, and I, that's why I think we work so well together. And that's where you get into some of the issues that you see with you know various Twitch hosts and various you know other producers or media is you get to the point where it's like okay. I, I want to take the next step with what I'm doing, but I need a backer to do that. And then they take on a backer, and that backer ends up not understanding the medium that they're just supporting. And, you know, you know for the most part that they mean well, but, you know, they don't understand the medium, and they end up screwing it up. 
Yeah, yeah, I think uh, a lot of us have seen that quite recently. Um, <coughs> without diving into too much, but um, it, it's true. I mean, people that are backers, the financial backers, usually want a return on their money. And, you know, people are telling them what needs to happen for that return to occur. And they're not necessarily focused on the art. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not speaking to any specific circumstances, but just in general, that the people who back them, you know, the silent partners, the people who bring forth the cash, they want, they want a return. And to get that return, um, sometimes they trust the people that are running the show, um, which I always think is the smartest thing to do, or sometimes they exert their will, which isn't always, in my opinion, the best move. So, Well, part of it is, you know, not just wanting a return, they want a big return, and they want it yeah. soon. You know, yeah. You want a prime example of that? Look at the last Fantastic Four movie. Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, Fantastic Four to me is a property that can still be done right. It just hasn't been. Yes. Yes, and I absolutely agree. Like, I, I, I don't, I really don't know what they were thinking on this last one. And perhaps they need to sell it back to Disney so that the Disney can do it right. And, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways, I kind of wish that Hugh Jackman wasn't as good as at Wolverine as he would have because Marvel would have got the X-Men back by now. But um, Jackman did such a good job, they didn't. So, <laughs> so they yeah, still got that property. And then, yeah, you've got the fact that he's retiring after this movie, supposedly. We'll see what actually happens. Yeah, he's supposed to be, yeah, hanging up the claws, and they're going to recast it with someone else. Okay, who? And now that you've spent this much time telling, yeah, this story in this universe you've created, what are you doing? Are you going to go back and tell the story of, yeah, who he was, yeah, back in the 18, you know, 17 1800s you know going back and doing like a period piece or are you going to you know just like cast a younger version and it's like oh well yeah mutant powers regeneration who cares you know i wouldn't recast wolverine for a while i'd let it simmer i think logan is a good way to go out um a friend of mine reads the comic old man logan and he brought he brought it up to the cottage this year and i started and i couldn't put it down i I, I'm not a big comic book guy all in all, but I thought that that one was so very well done. That kind of Western tinge to it, a little dystopia to there. And I just, I thought it was really, really smart. Um, and I'm looking forward to the movie. To me, the movie looks outstanding. Uh, I'll, yeah. Obviously, I'll reserve judgment until I see it, but it looks good from the trailers. Yeah, and it would be interesting if they, you know, if I were to do it, I would take it as a passing of the torch kind of deal. I would have it where mm. Logan is, you know, he's ready, he's at his end, so he hands off, you know, sort of his role that he had had in the series thus far to this young kid who's playing X-23, who, mm -hmm. yeah, come on, we all knew that the minute we saw her claws come out in the trailer. Yeah, pass it off to her, have her hook up with what is equivalent to, you know, the new X-Men, and tell the story of her going forward. Do you kill off Professor X if you're the guy right doing or Logan? It's hard to tell. Um, if I kill him off, I have to have someone else in his place. It can't just be, oh, here's a bunch of kids who are going to figure this out on their own. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> even in the comics when, you know, when he left, you know, like we saw this in the schism event a few years back, 
Yeah. Xavier left and Wolverine took over running the school, but you had, yeah, the other teachers there. You had Beast, you had, you know, Kitty Pride. The feeling that I'm getting from, yeah, what I've seen in the trailer is this is sort of around ish the time where, yeah, Days of Future Past was, yeah, set for the future section where pretty much everybody's dead, pretty much everybody's, yeah, not just gone, but long gone, yeah, sort of faded into legend. And now, yeah, who's there? Who's going to take on the mantle and teach these kids how to do it? So, I well, mean, I mean, it's a smart idea, and it's something that Disney's doing with Star Wars. It, I as mo- as soon as they announced the next three trailer, the next three movie, and I've said this on this podcast before. My belief is that they were going to kill one of the main three in each of the movies. So you know when when you know spoiler alert for anyone unseen Force Awakens, when Han Solo dies in Episode Seven, I was probably one of the only people in the theater not even slightly shocked. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, this yeah. is what Harrison wanted. He's got all the power in this situation now. Of course, yeah. he's gonna die. And that's the thing. It's like I knew, like I I had heard that rumor about how he had wanted to die earlier on in the original trilogy, and then mm-hmm. you know when it happened, I I was still kind of shocked because I didn't actually expect them to go through with it. And then you know, unfortunately, we're now presented with the problem of you know, the actual Princess Leia is no longer with us. So how do you then deal with her character going forward? Because this is a tough this is a tough one because they were saying that she was supposed to have a significant role in the ninth installment, which I don't like them saying that. I thought that was pretty stupid. Um, with that being said, they've also said they're not going to digitize her anymore, which, which I, I think like is smart. I I mean I hope we don't see Luke die in this one, but I think you have to personally and the reason is is that you need ray to be able to stand on her own you know it's it's the harry potter thing you know when people want to see how do you make a grow a character from from a babe to um to the man if you will or the woman in this case and and luke went through very similar journeys you got to take away all their father figures harry had to lose sirius he had to lose dumbledore he had to lose dobby and in the and the owl um whose name is escaping me hedwig because these were all of his things that tethered him you know had a father figure looking out for him all of this innocence you know all of those things tethered him to you know emotional support and it needed to be untethered and the same thing happened to luke he lost his parents before you know he lost his mom in birth he thought he'd lost his father and then he loses his mentor and he loses his uncle and aunt like you that that is how the story is told is you got to you got to give give the protagonist these characters to teach and then you have to remove them to to because you can't have them stand on their own if they're still there yeah although at the same time you can definitely change things like one of the key things that you take away from the end of force awakens is the empire's not as dead as we all thought it was at the end of return of the jedi because that's the thing everybody assumed oh it's the end of the empire yeah goodness and freedom reign supreme now no i'm sorry just because you cut off the head of the snake doesn't mean it dies you know it was something the the legends book universe did a very good job with is to show the power struggle 
within the rest of the universe that, that began once the emperor died. It's like, okay, well, you got all of these moths and admirals and vice admirals that, are, that were all very loyal to the emperor that are now all vying for power throughout the galaxy without, yeah, you know, go ahead. And that's before you get to, you know, did Sidious break the rule of two? Because, you know, he had Vader. But mind you, he also had, you know, in the prequels, which I know everybody cringes when I say it, so I'll just say it again to get it over with. Prequels. Back then, you know, he had, you know, Darth Maul. He had Darth Tyrannus. You know, these followers who, you know, kind of violated the rule of two. So it becomes a question of, you know, did he have someone besides Vader? Should Vader rise against him? Did he have someone else, yeah, in the background? Or did Vader teach anybody? He always did. Um, I mean, because I know a lot more of the kind of the behind-the-scenes comic book lore and, 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 and you know, if, and even the, 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 the Rebels cartoon, um, or not Rebels, what was the one? The Clone Wars. So if you've seen the Clone Wars, and if you haven't, you take a pause here, or fast forward about you know a minute or two. Um, Sidious has his shining moment near the end of the series when he goes after Darth Maul and his brother, whose name eludes me right now. Um, and basically, Darth Maul is not dead, and he's you know he's kind of half half man, half machine. And his brother is also from the same planet as this big hulking beast that um, there were other, you know, dark Jedi that were trying to train and, and all this sort of stuff. So the, the rule of two didn't really exist, but Sidious still tried to enforce it when he didn't have control of the people. So what had happened was Count Dooku had someone that he was tutoring that he called the assassin, but she was basically a dark Jedi. And then she recruited someone else who is Darth Maul's brother and, so there, there, the rule of two never truly existed throughout the lore of it. And in the comic books, um, there was Silo, who was like this kind of um, inventor that kind of spliced together DNA to create abominations within the Force. And, you know, he, pit, he pitted Silo versus Vader. And um, Silo, for, again, further lore, is the guy that built Vader's suit. So... Um, it's it just there's a lot of there's a lot there that the rule of two is supposed to be the Sith rule, but yeah, I don't think he he, he yeah. followed it. And on top of that, you also have yeah, you know, just all these other forces that could try to f fill the power vacuum. And that's the thing; it's like if you don't deal with that power vacuum, sometimes you end up with a bigger big bad stepping into the shoes. Yeah, we're going to be answering that question soon with Critical Role. Mm. See, okay. I've just recently started playing D&D. I started this summer. Hmm. Um, and I moderated cr Critical Role, but I've really not watched much of it. Now that I'm understanding the mechanics of D&D a little bit more, I'm interested in maybe perhaps starting it up, but that's a daunting task. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, Friend of the podcast, JP Rakath, he, he took vacation and he powered through it. And he's like, dude, man, it was like all I watched for a long time. <laughs> but but he got through it. and um, But yeah, getting into the D&D &D now. And Joey, you're, you're an old school D&D &D player. I'm very much a new guy. Um, I'm, I'm really starting to see the joy in this. What, what drew you into D&D, &D, Joey? Well, what drew me in was... 
at the time when I was getting into D and D, I kind of stumbled on it. Like I knew about it. I had seen kind of like bastardized versions of it in movies. You know, like that one scene in Nightmare on Elm Street three where they're all playing together and whatnot. Um, but I fell into it where they combined some of uh, 3.0 and uh, advanced 2.0. Um, I really got into it because for the first time I got to be in the same room with other people and be a character that, and actually like be actually earning something because the closest thing to role play that I had done was when Yahoo still had chat rooms and you had Angel roleplay, Buffy roleplay, Charmed roleplay, and you kind of like had to be there at an early time to get a character that you wanted. And this was the first time that I got to like create a character from scratch. And Ooh. Lord of the Rings had just come out, uh, Fellowship and whatnot, so it was all kind of rolling out together. And then you had the 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 D and D movie, which years later, after I watch it, I'm like, you know what? It's not a great film. I give it a two and a half out of five stars. It's one of those movies, like, if it's on TV, I'm going to watch it, but I'm not going to go out of my way to go buy it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. like Although, I, at the same I, time, I actually, it's not I, as bad as people make it out to be. Yeah, I mean, it's, if they had changed one cast member in that movie, it would have been it would have been fine, and if they had bumped the budget up on special effects, it would have been better. But I prefer the straight-to-DVD Dungeons & Dragons movie that had come out. It was straight-to-DVD, and it was low-budget, and it was fucking awesome. It was so good. Mm. But yeah, um, no, I got in, like I said, I got into D&D for, because of many things that were going on at the time. Um, I got to, it was kind of an escape, uh, because I was in the process of coming out of the closet and all that, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I, for me, for years, I had friends who played it, but they, like no one ever invited me. I did try a Star Wars role play game when I was in my young twenties, and it just the first session was an absolutely horrible experience, and it was just me and the DM. Which, frankly, I don't think that that's a great way to introduce people to the game. I like the group dynamic that I dealt with the second time I, I tried it. So, um, and and the people I'm playing with are also really creative people, super nice. Um, and, and really gung-ho and willing to go for it. That is so important, I found, in, 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 in me playing, because I need to get lost within it, yet kind of keep a semblance of it. And, and I'll be honest, I was, I was a little drawn by the, st- the stereotype of the D&D player, because as much as I was a geek, and very deeply and very closeted in my geekness to begin with, that D&D geek or that LARP geek seemed to be the one that uh, you know, that's perhaps just a little too far. And and now I look back on that guy, and I'm like, dude, you just lost the opportunity to have a whole lot of fun at a younger age. Um, and get over yourself. Like, that that would that would be the messages that I would um, tell 20-year-old Blair. Just get over yourself and enjoy life a little bit more. You know what you like. Enjoy it. And for anyone who wants to try, like, I'm 41 years old, and I played D&D for the first time in July. You're not too old to ever play. It's a lot of fun. You just got to bring your imagination. Definitely. Yeah, like that's the thing. The first time I dipped my toe into the RPG waters, uh, it was 3.5. Uh, that was back when I was, uh, it was the summer after my eighth grade year. A couple of guys I had uh, 
that's the thing. I was in one of those advanced programs in school. Yeah, one of those kids who, you know, we were doing geometry in eighth grade, which for this area, I guess, is considered advanced stuff. But um, three of the guys that I had had class with invited me over for a game, and I was the last one there, so I kind of got stuck into the tank roll. Mm-hmm. So I <laughs> created a dwarven fighter. I tried to, you know, I min-maxed a little bit, you know, trying to get them set up where it's like, okay, no matter what gets thrown at me, I'm going to be able to take it on, not considering the fact that, oh, there's social interactions, and I'm a dwarf, and I put my lowest stat in charisma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when you accidentally throw a beer goblet across a room, hit a guy in the head, and start a bar fight in the first five minutes of play, kind of sets the tone for the rest of the game. But it was a lot of fun, and... (laughs) Apparently, you know, that whole D&D, you know, affects you thing works because of the guys that I played with, one is a uh, improv comic on Broadway, uh-huh. you know, working in New York for uh, UCB. Uh-huh. Another one is in a touring company of, um, I think it's a gentleman's guide to love and murder. Oh, I saw that here in Toronto. And uh, the third one is a trapeze artist and trainer for, like, circus trapeze artists. Well, one thing I have learned from most of the people that I now admire is they all played D&Ds as kids. And I was just like, Because it is such an early education on how to, you know, play pretend and how to lose yourself in a character and build a character and and grow it. And, you know, these are still things I'm learning like very much learning, and and I got years to catch up on, but it it it, it you know it's, it makes gives me something to look forward to. Um, I mean, I what I struggle with the most in this world is I think I'm too old for it at times, and you know the the Will Wheatons. I look at this guy, I'm like, Will's older than I am. Chris Hardwick's older than I am. There are people that exist that said, look, it has no it age means nothing. It's just love with you love, um, and and don't ever be ashamed of it. Love who you love, love what you love, and, and never be ashamed. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm turning 28 in April, and I just watched the full season of Voltron. So, believe me, st- there's no <laughs> age limits on anything anymore. Yeah, I start watching that. I actually kind of like it. Yeah, I, I mean, talking about well done, it definitely captures some of the feel of the old, like, you know, 2D mm-hmm. animated series that came out in, what, 80s? Yep. Yeah, I love Voltron. It's, it's like we're all dating ourselves here, but yeah, remember going to Blockbuster and the video store and yeah, renting the yeah the video cassettes and hoping that the guy who had it before you actually bothered to rewind. Be kind, please rewind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I spent a lot of lot of time in Blockbuster. Um, I think though, I, my father is one of the original movie pirates. Without a word of a lie, I was four years old or in and around there and we got this neat little contraption in our place called the VCR and within I would say a week all of a sudden a second VCR showed up and it was his buddies and I'm like well why do you have two he goes you could record movies with two and I'm like what he goes you play it in one and you record it in the other so he basically just went on this massive renting fee and he was like renting and recording and renting and recording we had so many pirated 
movies in our house at one. It was ridiculous. Um, and then when when ripping movies from the internet became a thing, like without my dad at this point had you know his 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 brain days were probably a little bit behind him, and he's like Blair. You need to teach me how to burn movies from the internet, and I'm like, I'm not gonna teach you that, Dad. That's illegal. You, but he, nothing deterred him. He went off and he figured it out on his own, and without a word of a lie, he got thrown off of his ISP. And their reason was, you use more data per month because it was an unlimited plan yeah. than all of the rest of his their clients combined. Oh wow. So they just kicked him off. They're like, no, we no longer want you as a customer. Yeah, it's like, we know you're up to something. We don't know what you're doing, but we know you're up to something. And we don't want to be a part of it anymore. So um, so my dad is the original movie pirate, like from back, back in the day. Um, I remember the very first tape he made had three movies on it. It had Porky's, Body Heat, and I think the last one was An Officer and a Gentleman. So that that is that is when my father's first three movies were 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 pirated <laughs> that's a hell of a juxtaposition it's like to go from you know porkies and body heat to an officer and a gentleman well yeah um and, and you know i watched all three of those movies at a very tender age because they were there uh yep. one of one of my all-time epic moments as a, as a kid is i uh, i asked my dad i'm like dad if i had some people over because my mom was out of town. I'm like, Dad, if I had some people over, do you, uh, can I watch Porky's with them? I'm like five, six years old at the time. He's like, yeah, sure. Do you think kids who I never saw before or again were in my basement that day? I had the <laughs> entire male neighborhood of, you know, around my age in my basement watching Porky's. It was insane. Absolutely insane. Five years old, six years old. Crazy. And Porky's is nothing by today's standards, but back then it was a big deal. Oh, God. I'm a dirty old man. Um, okay, so Crit Roll, you talked about. Um, what, what sort, what's your vocation? Or actually, where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? What's your, where's your dream? Where's your passion? Well, yeah, I'm definitely big into movies, and my end goal right now is I want to become a auteur you know i want to write movies and direct them and part of the reason why i decided i wanted to write and direct as opposed to just direct is i've seen you know thanks to you know a certain twitch channel and uh a certain show drama club heroes what Uh, you know some early drafts of films look like and then what it turns out to be and it's amazing right i don't ever want to yeah, look at a movie that's got, you know, my name, you know, written by or, you know, screenplay by me and be like, no, that is not my movie. Nope, nope, nope. So I have no problem well, directing someone learned... else's work, but I don't want someone else taking right. my written you know, work and being like, oh, we're going to switch this and pull this and, you know, oh, this needs a love story. No, it doesn't. If it did, I'd have written one in there. Something I learned, um, I mean, everybody does things differently. Sometimes you script a thing and, and you want them to say what you write verbatim. Sometimes you like, you need to do this very specific look and this very specific pause and this very specific emotion. Um, and other times you're just like, here's the gist. Um, here's the words that you can say. Play with them a little bit if you want. And it really just depends on the person. But uh, some scripts are written with a lot of leeway and they read poorly absolutely poorly 
because you're you're providing leeway. You're saying, okay, well, this is the gist of what I'm looking for. But if you're gonna like read it as if it's verbatim, it's kind of like, oh my god, that's horrible. And sometimes you you can only describe something in a horrible way without it trying to be disrespectful. But you kind of want your character to be bad, so you describe it in a horrible way. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like there's a difference between yeah giving your talent leeway to sort of you know ad lib and make it their own and there are some times where you definitely want to improv it but i don't ever want to look at something and say i don't recognize this it's like i'll give you a prime example of it you look at um world war z which yeah the book itself is technically like a collection of short stories of people's experience during you know the world war against the zombies and it turns Mm -hmm. into I don't even know what, you know, like I guarantee at some point it was what Mel Brooks who wrote it. Not sure. Whoever the gentleman was, I guarantee there was at some point where he looked at the film and was like, why did they even talk to me about this? Why did they even do this? It's like you took the name and that's it. Um, yeah, I mean, clearly some people have a, you know, they just want the title. They want the fans from the original series to be brought into the movie and, you know, don't really have any desire to make the movie that the fans want. Um, it's, 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 it's tough. It's hard. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, it's because people don't want to take risks on unknown properties, but then at the same time, they don't want to necessarily make the property that they purchase they want to make the movie they want to make yeah i mean i it, it as a writer and i mean i i do very minimal writing i'm not i'm not very good at it um either but when i'm writing i write it i write things knowing that i don't want this spoken verbatim like if this was ever to be you know performed in any way shape or form i kind of want someone to kind of get the feeling and make it their own yeah. um and Whereas, you know, I, there's like when you talk to sitcom um, actors in particular, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts with sitcom actors. It's like, no, you are told what to say, how to say it. And any deviation from what is on that page is, is no, you got to go again because there's a reason why you say things certain ways. They set things up for later. Like, oh, yeah. All right. And, yeah, there's a time and a place for that. And it depends on what your end goal is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You look at some of the scripts, you know, again, leaning back to drama club heroes, you look at, um, the justice league script that Mm -hmm. they found and they went over my God, if they had done that, if someone had made that movie, (laughs) in my opinion, the DC universe would actually be able to compete with Marvel. Yeah. And then you got the other side where you got the, the, the Spider-Man movie, which was, Oh God. Well, I loved Drama Club Heroes. I can't wait. I hope it comes back. I thought it was wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful like, show. yeah, another one was that Green Lantern movie. Dear God. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you at least have stuck to, you know, the lore? Like, some of the stuff that they were talking about doing in this, you know, script was like, no, that's not how that works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> All right, Joey, you've been fairly quiet, so I think it's time to get some rapid fire up in this business. I don't know what you're talking about. You're really going to make me speak up now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, kind of. 
If you're gonna do the bit, <laughs> I'm gonna do the bit. Uh huh. Creak, 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 creak. Yeah. Oh, I actually can't. I was gonna that. say for a second there, I'm like, please don't let my headphones have died. Please don't let them just be talking to me and I can't hear them. No, every time I throw this to Joey, he, he always says something like this, and then it's like, how long are we gonna pause? <laughs> how long is the. And every time the pause gets longer and longer. Alright, Steven, are you ready for the rapid fire? Let's go for it. Alright, we'll start off easy and then we'll work our way up to the harder questions. Each question's worth five points, and at the end, points don't matter. So here we go. Favorite color? Blue. Favorite food? Pizza. Okay, you gotta be more specific. What kind of pizza? Uh, Probably gonna go double bacon, triple cheese. See, I'm more like double pepperoni, triple cheese, but I also have to have like double sauce. Either way, we're keeping cardiologists in business. Exactly. All right. What is a phrase that you use that is just so you? Oh, fuck me. I say that all the time, too. Are you a morning person or a night person? Uh, night person by a mile. What is a country that you'd like to visit? Uh, family's Irish, so I'm going to go Ireland. Very nice. Very nice. Favorite word? Oh jeez. Um I I honestly don't have one. Clusterfuck. We'll go with clusterfuck. You know, that's actually a good one. I haven't heard of that word in a while. All right, I'm going to skip over this question cuz I was told months ago that it's rude. So, how about <laughs> What, what how is... old am I? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh what is a trait that you have that best describes you? Aside from bonkers, um Probably determined. What is your biggest pet peeve? Stupidity. For the love of God, we have the internet. Read something. Which letter in the alphabet best describes you? S. If you were a Spice Girl, what Spice Girl would you be? Thank God I don't know the Spice Girls, because that's a question I'm not equipped to answer. (laughs) They, they're, they're actually an expansion in D and D five point You should totally check them out. You know because they, they each have their own religion. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, I'm, like, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna uh, say if, if they actually did, if there was like some weird Spice Girl expansion for D and D, I can tell you there'd be a whole new player base right now. I was about to say, Jerry, roll a, dece- roll a deception check, please, because. <laughs> Even with my shitty insight, I guarantee. Nope. <laughs> Alright, what is one thing that you cannot live without? Oh, jeez. Um, pen and paper. Alright, speaking of pen and paper, you've just written a book about your life. What do you name the title? Oh, shit. Not again. <laughs> Valor, Instinct, or Mystic? Oh, Valor. All right. And finally, last but certainly not least, how freaking amazing and awesome, mind you, is Toronto Gal. I've actually had very little interaction with her, but every time I've spoken to her, she's been awesome. So I'm going to go with very awesome. Very awesome is an acceptable answer. Um, yeah, no, it's good. Thank you. Uh we decided before we jumped on the stream to do 
dream casting. This is something that I think the girls in vaginal fantasy do um, when it comes to their books. Um, and I'm sure lots of other um, shows and whatnot do it as well. But uh, we decided that we were going to recast a new Green Lantern movie. Um, I, I'm going to let Steve kind of run the characters because I think he probably knows them better than me. I know pretty much do. <laughs> so, um, Steve, take it away. So, I mean, first off, I've got to decide on, you know, what sort of Green Lantern story I'm going with. And for me, just because this is the, you know, section I came up with, I'm probably going to go, you know, the brightest day, darkest night, um, just because Jeff Johns did phenomenal with that run for DC Comics. Um, you end up with all the different Green Lanterns in there. And, you know, for those who aren't you know, familiar with it, the Earth technically has four Green Lanterns. Now, in the most recent Green Lantern movie, we saw Hal Jordan played by Ryan Reynolds. And I'll admit, I was not sold on the casting to begin with. But then I saw the film, and I actually like Ryan Reynolds as Hal Jordan. He definitely plays that character of, yeah, you know, I'm the you know hotshot slick pilot, but yeah, you know, I actually have something to contribute here, and you know we see that with his teaching the rest of the Green Lantern Corps that it's courage, not will, that gives you more strength against you know the forces of fear and evil. Um, as far as uh. The rest of the Green Lanterns, because as I said, there's yeah four totals. So you've got John Stewart, Guy Gardner, and oh shit, Joey, help me out here. John Alan Stewart. Scott. Well, no, um, Alan Scott was the Justice Society of America. He was actually a Magic Green Lantern as opposed to the uh, Cosmic Green Lantern. Um, oh, okay, because I liked I liked the magic one better. Oh, jeez. Uh, I should know this. I what were really the names? Say the names one more time that you had so far. You had Hal Jordan, you had John Stewart, you had Guy Gardner, and Kyle. Yes, Kyle. Uh, oh, I just geez. remember Kyle. Cow. <laughs> but yeah, so for John Stewart. What we've seen a lot in the media has been Tyrese Gibson really pushing for this role. I mean, he wants it bad. And part of me wants to give it to him just because I know he can play sort of a serious role. But at the same time, I've seen him in too many movies where he's the action character who's screaming and panicking. Yeah. Fast. Uh, what was it? Uh, Fast six. They got a goddamn tank. I'm sorry. John Stewart is the calm, cool, collected one of the you know, Earth Green Lanterns. So I'd be you know, inclined to lean uh, towards Idris Elba, personally. So I'd probably go with Idris Elba because he's got that deep, deep voice, which is almost on par with... Um... Oh, jeez. Uh, voice actor played Green Lantern in the Justice League TV series. Uh, Phil Lamar? Was that him? Don't know. <laughs> I think it was Phil Lamar. So yeah, I'm going to go with Idris Elba for Jon Stewart. Um, guy Gardner was kind of the one that rubbed everybody the wrong way. He was that new guy who was you know sort of brash and direct. So 
Army Hammer's been sort of thrown around as a name for Green Lantern. If he can play a character that's a little less stiff than he has been, um, as someone who sort of comes in and butts heads with everybody, I think he could definitely do the role. As for um, as for the fourth, damn it, I cannot remember. I frankly, guys, I I thought one of my favorite growing up, my favorite superhero was Green Lantern. But I only ever knew Hal Jordan. That was the only one, and like it's literally um, from the Justice League cartoon iteration. Rainer, Kyle Rainer, Jesus. There you go. I knew if I babbled long enough. <laughs> Kyle Rainer. Kyle yeah, Rainer. He's the interesting one because in the Brightest Day comics, spoiler, not really because they've been out for five plus years, he's the one that actually becomes a White Lantern because he can use all the rings at once. Um, honestly, I'm probably leaning towards, uh, an unknown. I'd want to find someone special for that role. Yeah. And you put him up against, um, I cannot remember the name of the actor that played Sinestro in the Green Lantern movie. Uh, well, if you keep talking, I'll look it up. English actor. He played Merlin in, uh, the Kingsman Oh, Merlin, which I think I know who you mean, but I'm confirming. It's not Michael Caine, is it? No. Um, Michael Caine was... Peter Sarsgaard or Peter Sarsgaard? No. No, that's uh, Oh, Sinestro, Mark Strong. Mark Strong. So I'd keep Mark Strong as Sinestro. I'd probably bring in... Uh, I'd want to bring someone in to play Atrocitus. Uh, Atrocitus is the Red Lantern, that big buff sort of screaming rage monster that you know, personifies the Red Lantern Corps. Um, oh god, for him I'm probably looking at... Batista? I was tempted to go Batista, but at the same time, yeah, he's kind of been in a lot of different stuff. Who would you choose for Hal? Because I'll be frank here, I love Ryan Reynolds. But when I watch Green Lantern, that's the Ryan Reynolds obviously trying to do a different kind of role as opposed to being the guy that we all live love, which is pretty much Van Wilder. Um, I don't know. From the little bit I remember from Hal was that he was just a lot more serious. And, and you know, Ryan tried to play him serious, so it wasn't any fault of his. But I just, I just I, you, you want to kind of see the goofy, cracking joke kind of guy, the Deadpool, the Van Wilder, the... So I don't think that he could be accepted in that role, even though he didn't do a bad job. Um, but who do you think could be accepted as that serious or that more serious kind of hotshot pilot type? In that case, I'd probably be uh, inclined to go Chris Pine. Hmm, Pine's a good choice. Yeah, given his ability to play both the dire, you know, I need to save my people portions of Kirk while at the same time you know, having that smirk on his face that you know, kind of helps you know that you know, yes this is a serious character but he's not meant to be the straight man what say you Joey alright so for Hal Jordan um, I'm going to go with Warehouse 13 cast Eddie McClintock 
Interesting. Okay. Yeah, he played uh, Pete Latimer, for hmm. if you're unfamiliar. Um, for Alan Scott, though, because I, I like I like Alan Scott, and I I more so like his DC fifty two rendition. Um, I would go with Ryan Gosling. Oh, God, I really don't like him. <laughs> That's okay. Nobody has to like everybody. <laughs> now, if I... Okay. Because I've not read them, so forgive me. Um, but the, the Black Green Lantern, what was his name? John Stewart. John Stewart was the one from the... Uh, Justice League TV series, voiced by Phil Lamar uh, during the mid-90s. Okay. For him, I would go with the actor from The Green Mile, who I cannot remember his name. Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan. Yes. That would be difficult, as he's no longer Yeah. This is a Dreamcast, though. This is a Dreamcast. (laughs) This is true. true. Fair enough. Although, (laughs) Although... To his credit, he is actually the voice of Kilowog from the Green Lantern movie. See, that's yes. what I thought. So, yeah, I'd have to go with him. And then for Kyle, oh gosh, for Kyle. Uh, oh, oh, hang on. Oh, oh. Um. Okay, this is this is totally going out left field. You you look at me like, what are you smoking? But let it sink in, and it will make sense. Uh, and I, I can't even remember his name, but he played Joffrey on Game of Thrones. Oh, Jackie Gleason. Fantastic actor. Good luck getting him. Yeah, he doesn't want to act anymore. But somebody that I, I'm told is often in the same vein as Tom Felton um, mm-hmm. that could do that same. I mean, you look at the character of Malfoy is basically Joffrey Light, and I think Tom Felton did an absolutely great job with Malfoy as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Now, Gleason, I definitely think, has you know, got the acting chops for it. He can play you know, serious, he can play you know, a little bit lighter. I, honestly, I'm still stuck on Gosling. God, man. Well, you know... I- I don't get Gosling's appeal either. I really don't. He's somebody who's from my neck of the woods. I just, yeah. you know, I look at it and I'm like, okay, well, some people, uh, the Notebook, some people just that is their that is what cinched it for life for him. And I still remember him from Breaker High as this like freaking stoner. It, it just, I, I, I don't get it either. But other people love him, and I want people to love what they love. So yeah. See, and that, that's the thing. I really only know his acting from seeing the notebook. So I'm taking what storylines that I know of the DC 52 involving the Alan Scott character, um, rebooted. And I'm taking what emotion he can act out of the notebook and I'm piecing it into where it would fit nicely there. And I'm thinking, you know what? I want to see if he could actually pull it off. And something tells me he really could. Well, see, I was going to give you a different perspective. Now, I'm assuming you're going with Alan Scott being roughly the same age as uh, the other four. What if Alan Scott was sort of, you know, mentoring them, and you go with someone along the lines of a Robert Redford? Uh, no, I would go Ian McKellen. Really? You'd go that old with him? 
I would go, well, based on, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the title wrong and everybody's going to shoot me and it's fine, um, where they're all in old, I can never remember the name of the title of the comic, it's downstairs from where I am right now, uh, where literally the major iconic heroes are in their prime, like their prime golden age, <laughs> they're all old. And they're standing there on the steps of the Hall of Justice, and they're retiring, I think, is what is going on. Hmm. I can yeah. never remember the name of it, and I'm probably getting the wrong, the wrong storyline, but it's like when they're, like, wicked old. Not like the JLA or anything like that, right? It might be that. They're, they're, the only reason I know that is that they've been introduced in the, the DC Legends of Tomorrow TV show. Is yeah. JLA? Well, that's the thing. You've got the JLA, the JSA, you know, Justice League itself. It's hard to keep them all straight, especially when you get characters that overlap between the rosters. Uh-huh. True. True. Okay, gentlemen. Let's put a nice little bow on this. Steve, where can people find you on the socials? Uh, you can find me on Twitch at the underscore Duganator 8. You can find me on Twitter at the Duganator. No spaces, no nothing. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me these days. Mr. Couture, where can we find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at JoeyCouture underscore. You can also find my YouTube channel, uh, Joey Couture, or you might have to just search it as Joey Couture TV sometimes, depending on where you are. One of the other works. I'm also in the Team Human group. Uh, you can find me also as uh, Joseph Colomy. And as for Tierlin Puxty, you can check her out at tierlinpuxty.com, at Tiz Thunder on Twitch. Yep. At Tier Thunder on Twitter. You can mm-hmm. also find her on Facebook. And you can also check out her Broken Dolls books. Her third one will be coming out. Um, I believe around the same time as Colt Harper is going to be coming out. Yeah, I think she's th- she posted two, like, fake covers, and I'm not sure if the other one was Fractured World. I could be wrong. Fractured Dolls? Fractured Girls? Fractured Girls, or whatever it's called. <laughs> I got a very clicky keyboard, so I'm hesitating. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. She's, she will obviously correct this, and we, we always have footnotes. On Podbean, for those of you who also listen to us on Podbean, don't forget that you can also check us out through Stitcher if you have an Android, and you can always download us on iTunes as well. Also, uh, what else is going on for Tierlin? I think that... Down to Oath. Sorry, I apologize. So, Cold Harper looks like it's June 27th, and Down to Oath is November 21st this year. Down to Oath, that's the third Broken Dolls book? I don't know if it's a Broken Dolls book. I'm not sure. I think that might be something else. Tierlin writes a lot, guys. Like, a lot. And yeah. very quickly. I, I wish I had her motivation. Because her and I actually talked about this. And I was like, so when you know you want to sit down and write, how do you get, keep yourself from being distracted? Because every time I sit down, I'm like, okay, I at least want to sit down. I want to at least get, like, a scrap of a chapter down. And she's like, oh, I just write when I want. And I'm like... Well, I want to write all the time, but the second I start, my brain's like, no, go do this. 
in like ten different directions. <laughs> so I'm yeah, screwed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Trick to that is you get yourself a little like you know, tiny, tiny little notepad and you know a pencil, and you just keep it in your back pocket. Because literally, the next time you sit down on the can, mm. you're gonna have an idea. I find that every, I find that the time that I actually feel motivated to truly write is when I'm working, like yeah. you know, the nine to five job. I have to agree with you. I have the same problem, and I'm like the whole time I'm like I I want to write right now, but I have work to do. <laughs> yeah, well, it's that or when you're driving, it's like. Okay, I'm on my way from school to work. I've got yeah you know, x amount of time to get there. I'm on I-95, which for those who aren't familiar, screw that. And oh, I've got yeah you know, six pages worth of ideas coming out right now. What am I gonna do? Pull over? Voice recorder and then dictate. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it, it and it's I, I understand this. Like I every time I come home, I'm like, oh, I should do some writing. I'm like, no, now I want to shoot things in video game world. You know, I just like, uh, why don't I have that drive while I'm at home that I have when I'm at work? Uh, I, yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's Tierlin and that's Joey. When it comes to me, yeah, I am at Blair Beverage at Hoopod and at Webisode Watch. Uh, I'd like to blow the dust off of Webisode Watch, so if anyone listening has a web series that uh, you would like to, uh, you know, get some some light on it, I can uh, we can we can uh, do this. We can put it together. We can do a show. Uh, you can find me on all most of the rest of the social medias uh, as Blair Beverage, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I, I'm trying to use Snapchat, but I'm so bad at it, guys. I'm. I don't like being playing the old guy card, but I just have such issues with Snapchat. I really do. Well, you also got to watch uh, out for those like add-ons for it, the ones with the crazy filters, because apparently those are stealing your data. Oh, well, so is that uh, that that one that everybody did for a day, that Metsu or whatever. Where, oh, look, everybody looks like an anime character, except you've just given your IEMI number to China. Congratulations. Um, it was it was a good it was a good one day for that app. <laughs> Everybody sent their phone information, and now they're all screwed. Yep. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, so uh, uh, you can find me on most of those things. Uh, for anyone who wants a health update, I did give you guys the super long version of the story last Hoopod. Thank you for Joey trimming it down a little bit. I could have probably used for more trimming, but that's okay. Honestly, I took out half of the story, folks. I took out half. Dude, I, I if I had taken out any more, the podcast would have been twenty minutes long, and I, and I was like, nope. nope, I have to leave this on. <laughs> no, you you did a great job with the edit. I went on way too long. My wife's beside me, and after I finish, she goes, "What the hell, dude?" <laughs> I'm like, I know that was too, that was too much. Um, but for anyone who wants an update, I am going to the doctor on Thursday. I've been told to bring a shoe. I might be out of my air cast in a couple of days, so that's very Wait, exciting. What did you for do? Me. I tore my Achilles tendon a couple of months ago. Please tell me it was doing something awesome and not stepping off a stair. Volleyball. There you go. I, I'm, I'm really giving the short version of these stories now because if you really want to know the full story, you can listen to the last episode. Joey did edit it, but he gets all the main points. So yeah. Thank you very much for that, Joey. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'll be very happy to get out of the air cast. And, you know, I, I've had a scooter rented for the last month and a half which everybody wants me to bring the scooter everywhere. They all think it's hilarious. 
but um, it's uh, I, I I am tired of of dealing with what you know unfortunately that what disabled people deal with in a major city on a daily basis. Um, I, I live in a city that I can I love and, and consider pretty progressive, but the amount of you know I'll be honest with you, the amount of really sweet and awesome people I've met has been awesome but i've met some shitheads as well some utter shitheads and i'm just and i'm just going through this for two months some people are dealing with this on a day-to-day basis for the rest of their life and i feel horrible for them that they have to 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 go through this stuff so um anyway a little bit of uh you know awareness if you will to port towards people that are dealing with disabilities and mobility devices it is a bad shake, and, and, you know, we can get more into that later if you want to. But I got into it a lot last time, so I'm not going to dive back in. You know what no. you should have just done, Blair? You should have created this shell that you just lift over the top of you, and it rests and it rests over the entire contraption of you sitting on the scooter, and you should have just made yourself into a gigantic-ass Dalek. Yeah, until I, you know, fart in the ass <laughs> Dalek and then choke myself to death. Although, you know, the question is, when you're driving this thing, are we talking little old lady or Formula One? No, I'm full bore um, because the top speed on this thing is five miles an hour. It doesn't go too fast, but it's faster than people walk by just a little bit. Well, so if, it, I, if it's electric, there's a little governor screw on it. Yeah, you I take know. that off, dude, you're hitting 30. I would be kind of afraid to hit 30 in this thing, I'll be honest, because I've almost tipped it a few times with a max speed of five. So I'm, I, I, don't, it, I didn't buy it. I'm renting it. If I, if, I, if I had purchased it, I might be messing around with it, but it's just a rental. So, um, yeah. So, no, it, it, it's fun. It's okay, but it's, uh, I'm tired of it. Like, my office just moved this past weekend. I worked all weekend, and... Um, you know, I've just been dealing with the injury stress and the move, work, move stress because I'm, I'm my company's IT guy. Um, and all that is starting to finally go away this week. And I'm, I'm feeling a lot of the, 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 it peel off of me. So that's good. I'm, 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 I got greener pastures ahead. So thank you very much for listening to Steven. Again, thank you for joining us. Happy to be here, guys. And, uh, Joey, again, once again, thanks for being the rock that the show needs. I know. I'm big, I'm heavy, and I am one sexy-ass boulder. Started in a bad place for me, but you saved it at the end, so thank you very much for that. <laughs> I, was, and, I uh, was waiting for you to say, and they cast me in everything. <laughs> um, and, and hopefully we'll have Tyrlyn join us on the next one. So until next time, guys, take care.